Thanks again for being here. Hey, we're in the last weekend of uh, our series called Dream Again. I hope you've enjoyed this series. I really, really have enjoyed this series uh, so much. I've enjoyed preaching. I've preached myself downright silly the last couple of nights, or last couple of Sundays, and um, that is not normal for me. Uh, right after Super, so Super Bowl Sunday is going to be dynamic. Right after that, we kick off a brand new series called The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Marriage. And uh, if you are either in love or been in love or like to be in love, or I'm looking for small ears, that other word, if you haven't or you have or you've been questioned about that other word, or marriage, so there's three words there, you know what word I, I skipped over. And uh, if, if, you, if you have questions about any of that, I promise you it will not be crude, it will not be X-rated, but hey, let's, I want to talk about what God says about our relationships and everybody in the room uh, needs help with that. I need help with that. You need help with that. We're going to go to God's Word and get help with that. It's going to be a great, great series to bring your friends to and a kind of a low-impact series. But this month, I have just been challenging our church to sort of get into that area of destiny. I hope that you're ready for that. The last three weeks, we've been talking about your dream and what it means to sort of have your dream. The first week, we said that if you, in order for God's dream to live inside of you, that your dream is going to have to die. Say amen to that. Your dream's going to have to die if God's dream's going to live inside of you. Some of us are doing CPR and the dream God said it's over. It's time to walk away. It's time to, you know, we've been hooking our dream up to life support, trying to keep it around. And God said, I'm trying to take that from you and give you something better than that. Listen to me. When God takes something out of your hand, it's because he always wants to put something better in your hand. Every time, let me tell you that again. Every time God takes something away from you, it's because He has something better to put inside of your hand. Oftentimes, when God takes something away from me, I'll, I'll complain. I'll be like, ah, oh, God, why? Why did you move that away? And then as soon as the better thing goes up, I go to God and I go, oh, about that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know why I said that other stuff I said about you taking away that other thing. Because when God takes something from you, He puts something better in you. We said your dream's going to have to die so that God's dream can live. Then the second week we talked about your area of destiny. And we said there are unlimited possibilities inside of your limited area of destiny. Say amen to that. You can't do everything you want to do. You can only do the thing that God's called you to do. And finding that thing out... Finding what God has designed me to do, my area of destiny, the thing I'm supposed to be involved in. If I can find that, then inside of that area of destiny, anything is possible. And there are limitless possibilities there. And then last week we said that digging and destiny go hand in hand. We talked about digging for our destiny. We talked about put, put, you know, sometimes you've got to put the work into it. You're just going to have to... That was kind of a 90s rap song that I really want to sing, but I am not. You're just going to have to, you're going to, have to put work in sometimes for your destiny to come to pass. You're just going to have to do something and digging and destiny go hand in hand. So for the last three weeks, we've been talking about our dream and God giving us our dream. Today, I want to talk, I want to finish today and it's vision weekend for our church. And I want to give you God's dream for your life. Are you ready for that? I want to give you God's dream for our church, what God has designed for you, the promises that God has for you. Today is about God's dream for us, and it sort of centers around the Passover. And I know we normally don't talk about Passover or, or, or any of that sort of Jewish tradition until Easter, and Easter is going to be fantastic. It's, it's in April this year. It's just going to be a dynamic time here. We're going to celebrate big, big, big at Easter. But at the Jewish Passover, if you were an Orthodox Jew today or, or, or for the last you know, several thousand years, when you celebrate Passover, you're celebrating that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, and the Bible would say that the death angel passed over their house, where you get the, the, the name Passover. And the celebration of that kicks off 
on, on a night with a Passover meal, or in, in Judaism it's called a Seder, a Seder meal. It's just, it's the na- it just means order. It's just the order in which you eat what it is that's on the table. And on that Passover Seder table are four cups of wine. Somebody say amen. And as you drink from each of those four cups, not the whole cup, don't go out telling everybody, I told you, y'all drink four cups of wine when you drink dinner. But when you drink from one of those cups, when you repeat, well, here's what you do. You say out loud some things that God had promised the children of Israel. You actually recite an Orthodox Jew today when they sit down at the Passover meal, four cups of wine in front of them. And, and as they sort of take symbolically those cups of wine, they each represent a promise from God and they'll repeat that promise that God made their forefathers thousands of years before that God still has for you today. And it's all about promises. It's all about God fulfilling His promise. I want to talk really quickly about sort of the promises of God. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, but every part of that verse that they would recite is a promise that God has for them. And listen, I think it's a promise God has for us. I think it's God's dream for your life. I think it's God's vision for your life. I think promises that God makes are not just random. They're not, they don't just go away, but God's promises last forever. Say amen to that. If you have your Bibles, first, second Peter says it like this, that God has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, listen, there are two things that you and I can, can achieve. Number one, we can participate in the divine nature. Everybody say the supernatural. Access to the supernatural, access to God's divine nature comes to you through the promises of God. It doesn't come because you act good or because you do certain things or don't do certain things or wear certain things or don't wear certain things or because of anything I've done. He said, no, it's through God's precious promises that we have access in the divine nature and that we escape the corruption of the world. That sounds like a good thing. I need that in my life. I need to be able to shed the stuff that's in me that's evil and corrupt and participate in the divine nature of God. I want to I get access to the supernatural. I want to get access to all that God has for me. And the only way to do that is through the promises of God. Listen, a promise, a promise is just an offer with a guaranteed result. If you're taking notes, write that down. It's, a, it's an offer with a guaranteed result. In other words... It's, I promise, if you will, then I will. It's a guaranteed result, but it comes with an offer in the beginning. And the offer always starts with, if you will. If you will, then I will. God's promises are always conditional on the if you will part. Come on, say amen to that. I counsel people sometimes who say, man, I thought you said God promised me, and then they fill in the blank. Here's the thing. If you're not doing the first part of the promise... The if you will, then God said, I can't be bound to the then I will part of the promise. i got to participate in the first part of the promise. For instance, financial blessings. If you go to God and you go, God, I just want you to bless everything that I have. I want to be financially blessed. I want my business to be blessed. I want money, money. Show me the money. God's going to go, listen, I have made you a promise for financial blessing in your life. But the if part of that is if... You honor the Lord with all your wealth. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with all your wealth, with the first fruits of all you have. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and everything that you have would be blessed. But there's an if 
part first. If you're not putting God first in your finances, then God says, I can't bless what's left over in your finances. I won't preach about money, so don't, don't worry about that. But the promises of God are, are, they're always conditional on something I've got to do. God makes us promises. Now, some of you think about promises, think, man, I've had a lot of promises broken in my life. I, I, I got into a business deal with somebody and they broke their promise. Some of you got into a marriage with somebody who made that sacred promise in front of God and all of your friends and family and then and then they broke that promise and, and, and it's just very hard. And so sometimes you start thinking, man, I don't know if I even believe in God's promises or not. But I want you to know this. God's promises are not like the promise you and I make. Say amen to that. Here's what Joshua says. Not one of all the Lord's promises to Israel ever failed. Every one was fulfilled. Hebrew says when God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. And it's a rock solid guarantee. If I were you, I would write this verse down and I would put it on my refrigerator or on lipstick in my bathroom. I don't wear lipstick, but if you do, put that on your bathroom mirror in lipstick. God can't break his word. Say amen to that. That's a good, that's good news that God can't break his word because his word cannot change. So his promise cannot change. In other words, God is, he's not like you and I. His promises aren't just come and go and maybe I'll do it this time and maybe I won't fulfill my end of the deal next time. No, he said, every time I make you a promise, if you will, then I will. And when God wanted to guarantee His promise, He said, I can't guarantee you any other way except give you my word because my word I can't break. God's word and His promises are for us today. Say amen to that. Let me give you a couple of things you need to know about promise really quick and then I want to talk to you about God's dream. Here the first thing is, I need to know God's promises. Write that down. I need to know God's promises. If I'm going to, if I'm going to achieve, if I'm going to get what God's promised me, the dream God has for me, i got to know what they are. I can't claim anything that I don't know is mine. I can't claim anything that I don't know. Listen, you know how many lotteries you win? Everyone, you, if, you, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win any of them. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got to buy a ticket first. Not that I bought one, but if you got an extra one and want to slide it in my pocket. If I, you, 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 you lose every single lottery you don't buy a ticket for. Every single time. If you don't know God's promises, if you're not in God's word, then... There's no way for you to claim God's promises. First Chronicles says, For the sake of your servant and according to your will, you have done this great thing, listen, and made known all of these great promises. Well, how do I know them? It's really simple. you got to get a Bible. And you got to get in God's Word. Every situation in your life, you can find the answer to in this book. Everything in your life, every question you have, the answers inside of this book. It doesn't have to be this version of it. Matter of fact, if I were looking for something, I'd look for a different version than something you don't understand. Believe it or not, Jesus did not talk like William Shakespeare. I know that's hard for you to believe, but he didn't. He didn't talk like William Shakespeare. People who wrote the King James Version of the Bible, they talk like William Shakespeare. If you don't understand that, find you a different version. Find something you can understand. But get in God's Word. If you're sick, there's an answer for that in God's Word. If you need help in your marriage, there's answers for that in God's Word. If you need help in your... If, if joy is gone and you're depressed and you just think, man, how can I get out of this funk? The answer is in God's Word. I tell you every single time that we're together, listen, this is what I use. If you came to church thinking that I was going to read out of a a Dr. Phil book or a John Maxwell book. That's not this church. All I know to do to tell you how to live a better life is in this book. The promises of God, you can't claim them if you don't know them. Say amen to that. 
You can't claim them if you don't know them. So you got to know them through his book. Here's the second thing I want you to write it down. Not only do I need to know his promise, I need to understand his promise. I need to understand it. Numbers 23 says, God is not a man that he can lie. He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? That's a rhetorical question. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? That's rhetorical. Listen, God always fulfills his promise. But you got to understand that. Some of you have frustration going on. Some of you have frustration in your life thinking, man, God's false advertising. It's not really happening the way you said it was going to happen. Well, you don't understand his promise. You say, well, how do I understand the promises of God? The first thing you got to do is you got to start living in obedience to God's word. Sin hinders your, uh, your relationship with God. It separates you from the promises of God. If you have sin in your life and you think, man, I can't figure it out. Why can't this get through? Why can't I get this promise of God? Why can't I understand what God's doing in my life? It could be because there's sin that's separating that. The second thing is, it could be just a matter of faith. Man, if you don't have enough faith, you got to be able to walk in faith. you got to believe that God can do anything. I believe I have the spiritual gift of faith. I really believe that. I believe God can do anything. There's nothing. If you came to me after service and said, I've got stage 4 cancer, I'd look you right in the eye and say, God could heal anything. Nothing's too hard for God. I've watched God heal cancer. I've watched God raise the dead. I, with these two eyes, I've watched someone die. And God raised them from the dead. You don't have to believe it. I'm just telling you, I do. I believe God can do anything. Nothing's too hard for our God. Say amen to that. You can't access or understand the promises of God if you don't have faith that God can do anything. You need to learn how to walk in faith and say, God, I believe that you can. The, the third thing is probably the hardest thing. you got to be patient. You got to be patient. Most of the time, when we can't access or understand the promises of God, it's a patience problem. It's because I want it now, and God says, not now. Most of the time, the answers that you hear from God are not no, they're just not yet. And we interpret God's not yet with a no. And then we get angry at God. And I'm going to quit going to church. That's the uh, first thing we do. I'm just going to kick church. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to do anything because God said no. And God may not have said no. He just said not yet. How many of you have ever had something in your life when God said not yet? And then when it finally came through, you go, oh, thank God that that waited. Come on, somebody. Some of you, some of you got engaged to something. Y'all look straight ahead. Come on, girls, look right at me. Y'all got engaged to somebody and he called it off and you thought, oh, my God, what? My whole world's over. And then you figured out who he was and you know who he's married to now. And you're like, thank God. Thank God I didn't marry that joker. I don't even, that joker ain't got no job. He's living with his mama. I don't even, <laughs> thank God I got you now. And some of your husbands don't know anything about that. So look right at me. <laughs> You, it's, it's a not yet. It's not a no. And you got to be patient with God. Listen, we live in a microwave generation. And the God of the Bible is a crockpot kind of God. That's just the way it is. It just takes longer sometimes. I want it right now. And God says, no, no, no. I, I got this on slow cooker, baby. When you get this out, it's going to be better. Listen, you can microwave ribs. But if you'll put them in that crockpot, so... Jesus, I'm hungry right now. I got to pray. I'm hungry right now. It's just about patience. Here's the third thing. I got to know his promise. I got to understand it. I got to pursue his promise. I got to go hard after it. It's why I believe in church attendance. This is, this is where I go hard after God. This is why I believe in connect groups because I'm pursuing his promises in my life. I'm actively participating in God's promises in my life. Psalm says it this way. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I might meditate on your promises. 
David said in the Psalms, he said, listen, I'm going to go hard after. If that means I have to stay up all night, I'm going to go hard after the promises of God. I grew up in a really church environment. Many of you know that if you come to church here, I grew up really churchy, super churchy. And we used to have all night prayer meetings. How many spiritual folks used to pray all night long? Y'all didn't pray like me all night long. I'm talking about spiritual. Well, listen, and, and, and in, the, in the old days, like my mom and daddy, you just, you just get, you went. Like they didn't, oh, you got school tomorrow. Oh, that's cute. Go ahead and bring your homework to church. Come on. And, and I promised to, go, so help, my mama listens to the podcast. I promise you my mom would do that. And we'd, and we'd go to church. And it'd be all night prayer meeting. And about midnight, your boy just quit. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> be gone. I'd be gone. I couldn't do it. But David said, listen, I'll do whatever I have to do to get the promises of God. Some of you know how desperate it is to say, God, I'll keep my eyes open all night. I just need this promise to be fulfilled. I want you to do something big in my life. I I want you to move in my life. I think God has made you some promises and me some promises. And listen, what I'm going to preach to you in the next 15 minutes are the four promises that I think God has for your life this year. This is the vision of our house. This is the vision that I think God has for your life. If you want to know, God, what dream do you have for me? What's the thing you want most from me this year? I think there's four things. And God made those promises thousands of years ago to the children of Israel. And I think they're saying for you today, and they're the same for, for me today. You ready for that? Let's look, let's look in God's Word together. It's in Exodus, and I want you to sort of go there. This is the passage that uh, Jews will read together as they sort of take up this four cups of wine. They call these the four I wills. These are the four statements that, a, that an Orthodox Jew will repeat as they pick up a cup of wine. Here's what they say. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, listen close, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know, then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Four things there, four I wills. These are the I will statements that every Orthodox Jew would say every single Passover. Today, they'll say that every Passover. They will, they will say, I will bring you out. That's the, that's the first thing. And then, then he says, I will free you from being slaves, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, and I'll take you as my own people. Four promises God made the children of Israel that I think He's making for you today. And I want you to write these down. Here's the dream I think God has for you. Number one, He said, I will bring you out. Would you write this down? God promises me salvation. Listen to me. It is God's will for Him to bring you out of the sin that is destroying your life. God's promise for you in 2017. If you haven't, if you think, man, God, what do you want to do for me? The first thing you got to do is God has to bring me out of the stuff that's got me bound up. God says, I want to bring you out of all of that stuff that you're in. I want to bring you out of that sin. I want to bring you out of living for yourself. I want to bring you out of a a sort of, you know, a life that's just centered around you and your desires and what you want. I want to bring you out. I want to save you. That's called the cup of salvation. That's what the first cup of Jew would drink is the cup of salvation. And and it, it basically says this, God, I I need something different in my life. I am tired of living for me. I need something better. And in 2017, listen close, if you haven't repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus, that's the first thing you got to do. Say amen to that. The first thing you got to do is decide, I am going to give Jesus Christ my whole life. We say it like this, we want you to know God. 
We want you to know God. This is the vision of our house. That in 2017, I want you to know God. I want you to know Him in the power, the Bible said, of His resurrection. I want you to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. I, want you to know, I don't want you to just know about God. I don't want this church to be full of people who know about God. I want this church to be packed with people who know God. Who have a relationship that's real with God. Not just people who have knowledge of the Bible or knowledge about God. People who have an intimate, vibrant, growing, dynamic, passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, how does that happen? It happens a lot of different ways, but it starts with salvation. It starts with you just saying, God, i got to surrender everything to you. you got to repent of your sins. Some of you, listen, need to take a next step. You've, you, you, you've sort of given your heart to Jesus. You've repented of your sins. You've put your faith in Jesus, we believe when you do that, that God makes you brand new. But listen, some of you need to be water baptized. I'm looking right at you, telling you flat-footed, if you've never been water baptized, this is the year you need to do it. You need to say, I, I need to know God. I don't need to know about Him. I need to get intimate with Him. I need to bury all of my past. I need to be raised to brand new life. I need to go public. I want everybody to know this is who I am and what I am. You need to be water baptized. That's knowing God. That's our vision for you. That's God's dream for you. Some of you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You say, man, that sounds crazy. It's not as crazy as it sounds. It's just this. It's God. I want all of your power inside of me. I want it to be all around me. I want access to your power. How do I get that? Through the Holy Spirit. When you come to God in faith, He puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. No man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. So the Holy Spirit's working in your heart and drawing you. But when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you, you're submerged in that. It, it's not just you're filled up with it. Now it's all around me. It's, it's everything that I, I am. It's, I'm sensitive to it. I can feel it. I can touch it. I can I can access that power. Say amen to that. That's knowing God. It's the first thing God wants you to do. I'm going to give you a chance here in just a couple of moments. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to give you a chance to know God. I want to give you a chance to say, God, would you bring me out? Here's the second promise he made. He said, I will free you. I will free you. God promises you and me, listen, deliverance. Now, if you grew up, Real church mother like I did. You grew up real churchy like I did. I thought deliverance was only for people who had devils. Come on somebody. I thought if you had a devil. Which by the way if you got one. There's a prayer partner way off yonder. That'll pray for you outside. Don't come up here with that stuff. That, ain't nobody got time for that up here. There's some prayer partners that stay way in the back. That'll do that. Deliverance is not just for people with devils. Listen. Here's what God told the, the Israelites. He said, listen close. He said, I'm bringing you out of Egypt, but now I want to bring Egypt out of you. Now that's a word for somebody in the room. Because you've lived 5, 6, 7, 10, 15 years out of Egypt, but Egypt is still inside of you. You're not a slave to them anymore, but you still have a slave mentality. It's, 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 not that, it's not that I'm not saved, it's that I'm not free. It's that God hasn't made me, I, I, I need deliverance from that. Romans says it this way, so then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, I was a slave to the law of sin. 
And he said, when you figure out how to not be a slave to the law of sin, then there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. We say it this way, salvation is instant, but deliverance is a process. Salvation is instant, but deliverance is a process. The theological word for this is sanctification. There's instant sanctification that you're made right with God. But then there's this process of growing and knowing. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have babies? Raise your hand. When your baby was born, is your baby fully alive? Yes or no? But is your baby fully grown? Yes or no? No, no, no. When you come to God, you are fully made alive in salvation. But you're not fully grown yet. That's what deliverance is. It's saying, listen, I want to get that out of you. I know I brought you out of it, but I want to get it out of you. Here's how we say it here. We not only want you to know God, we want you to find freedom. We want you to settle your yesterdays and find real freedom. We want you to find freedom from the hurt and the pain of your life. From the stuff that sort of got you down. From the stuff that the hurt that's sort of in the back of your mind you can't get rid of. You can't get through. You don't know how in the world to get past your past. We think this way. Listen, we think life change happens best in the context of a close relationship. That's why we believe in connect groups so much. That's why we believe in small groups. That's why as of yesterday, I had a meeting yesterday and saw a report in front of me that 118 of you have already joined a connect group. I think that is absolutely amazing. You say, man, we're just shooting guns like this. What's that have to do with anything? It's because at some point over the next 13 weeks, there's some guy going to be standing in his circle and we pray together before we shoot that one of y'all don't shoot me. Come on. We're going to pray together and when you do, somebody's going to say, guys, I need some help. I need some help. And at some point in that, in, in that 13 weeks, somebody's going to take the mask off and say, man, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I never had anybody I could tell. And I trust you guys. I trust you girls. I know we're just, I know it's just financial. I know we're just sort of walking together. There's a mom's like play group. It was, I know it's just moms together. But, and they take the mask off and then there's freedom that comes. He said, I don't just want to, I don't want to bring you out. I want to set you free. Here's a third thing really, really quickly. He said, I will redeem you. I will redeem you. It's the third I will. I will redeem you. Listen, God promises me restoration. God promises you to be redeemed and restored. Restoration or redemption simply means this. It means restoring back to its original purpose. If you restore something, my wife is all about some fixer-upper. Come on, somebody. Chipper and Joanna, Jojo, I am so tired of shiplap in my whole life. Ooh, I'm tired of that right there. And I think JoJo's mean to Chipper, in case you're asking. I think she's mean to him. Chipper's just, he kind of slow. You know what I'm saying? Chipper's just kind of slow. And she, I think JoJo's mean to him. She talked down to him. Anyways. They restore, I don't even know why I got, they restore, listen, they restore, if you don't know that, you know, they bring old, old things back to life and, and new things. It's not that they make it do something else than it was originally designed to do. They just restore it to the thing that it was designed to do. When you get redeemed, God says, I want to redeem you. He says, I want to restore you to the thing you were initially designed to do. Some of you have lived 25, 30, 40 years of your life unfulfilled following Jesus because you've never found the thing that you were supposed to be doing. You've never been fully redeemed. That thing that God says, hey, here's the purpose I have for you. Here's that thing that is the purpose that I designed you for. I designed you. If, if, if I made you, I probably know what purpose I made you for, right? 
And if you're not living in that purpose, we say it this way, we want you to discover your purpose. We wanted to discover your purpose. We not only want you to know God and find freedom, we want you to discover your purpose. We want you to find that thing that God has designed you uniquely for. We do that at Growth Track. That next Sunday, there are going to be people in this room who say, man, I just want to know how God's... We do that at Growth Track. It's just two classes. Happens on the first and second Sunday of every single month. And we give you just a a spiritual gift assessment and a personality profile. We just want you to sort of discover, man, maybe God called me to work with kids. Maybe God's uniquely designed me to sort of in production and technical. God's wired me this way or God's wired me to nursery. I don't know why he would, but some of you, God's wired to work in the nursery and to love little babies. And some of you, our dream team serve our babies so great. You know why? Because they're doing what God designed them to do. Say amen to that. They've discovered their purpose. He said, I want to take you out and I want to free you and I want to redeem you. Listen, here's the last thing. He said, I want to take you. He said, I will take you as my own people. So for the first three I wills, the promises, the the dream that God has for your life. Listen, for the first three, it's all about you. And then the last one, he said, if you want to be fulfilled, I'm going to put you on a team. This is the first time he doesn't talk to you individually. He talks to you as a group. He said, then I will take you as my own people and I'll be your God. We think that you are most fulfilled. This is the fourth cup on the table, the Passover Seder. This is called the cup of fulfillment. A lot of people never make it to the fourth cup of fulfillment. They never sort of take that cup and go, this is what I was born to do. We say it like this, that when you figure out what God designed you to do, That if you'll do that with all of your life, you'll be so fulfilled because you make a difference. You make a difference in the world. You make a difference in somebody's life. There are literally dozens of dream teamers that serve here every single week. They set everything up that you see. They teach your kids. They, they sing on, this, uh, on the stage. They run production. They, everything, they're in the parking lot. They're at the front door. All of our dream team, you know what they're doing? They're making a difference. They make a difference. They have decided, I am most fulfilled when I do the thing that God's uniquely designed me to do. I can make a difference in my life. Most people never get here. They just sort of live in survival mode. They just sort of always live thinking, man. There's, listen, there's some of you that have been stuck at the second or third cup for your whole Christian life. And I'm here to tell you, this year, if you want to know what to do, get on a team. You say, man, you're just looking for more people to work. I promise you, I'm not. Matter of fact, we're starting a second service. Just so you'll have more opportunity to get on a team. Just so you can find your purpose. Because the most fulfilled people that I know are people who have decided to serve with their life. I'm looking around the room and there are so many stories of people who have gone through this process in the last four months that our church has been in existence. People who have decided, I'm ready to know God. One of them is Oscar. Oscar, are you in the room? Would you just raise your hand and wave at me? Here's Oscar. Oscar Flores, he's sweet wife. Karina, they came, they joined our, our launch team way back, the, uh, the beginning of last year, sometime in the spring of last year. And I watched as sort of, Oscar comes from a very high church environment, and he was just really honest with me. He said, man, I don't even really know everything about Christianity. I'm not even sure. I've never really been faithful and consistent in church, and, but I'm going to give it a shot. He started showing up to our interest meetings. He started just eating coffee, drinking coffee, eating coffee, drinking coffee together and eating donuts together. And we, we would just, we would hang out. And then we started this church. And I don't even know, be honest with you, I don't even know if Oscar and Karina knew what they were getting into when we started this church. The first couple of weeks, they were like, oh boy, what did we do? What did we sign up for? And then week after week, 
They began to know God. And I remember the day that Oscar said, I'd like to be water baptized. I think that's what God wants for me. And I watched Oscar come out of that water brand new. The Bible says a brand new creature. You know what that is? That's knowing God. That's people who've decided, I know, th- th- I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Chris and Nicole Shuler, where you at? Chris and Nicole right here on the front row. They serve on the Dream Team. I remember when they, they joined our, our Connect group last, last semester. Brandy and I led a Parenting on Purpose Connect group. And if, if you're a parent in the room, let me recommend that. I'm not leading it this, this semester, but it is a dynamic study. And, and, and they, were, they came to every single week of our Parenting on Purpose Connect group. And I remember, I, Nicole, don't, don't get embarrassed by this, but I remember the night that Nicole sort of just broke down. You know, there were just tears. And, and we, it, listen, if you got little babies, you're going to cry at some point in your life. You hear me? I cry every week. I'm talking about, I got a two-year-old. I cry, I cried this morning. I cry all the time. And she just said, man, that, you know, here's what we're struggling with. And I just, and and just open, and I remember, it wasn't big, like, it wasn't big. It was just the fact that I trust you people around this table. I can tell you what's going on in my world. Freedom, freedom. Now they serve on the team. They just serve like crazy. I absolutely love these people. And, And then, and then I remember at the beginning of our church, as a matter of fact, I think it was Launch Sunday, Anna showed up on Launch Sunday. And, and, and I, I, I remember for a long time, she had liked a lot of her social media posts. And, and I, Brandy and I were like, who is this girl who never shows up to nothing and likes everything? Who is this stalker? And I didn't know she was just testing the waters, just trying to figure out this is, what, this is what I'm supposed to go do. Is this, is this really right? And, and she took her time, and I'm so glad she did. And she showed up, and then it took me a couple of weeks, and I finally I realized she joined a connect group really quick, and she got baptized. And she, and she, and she joined our connect group. And then listen, i never forget the day I walked, into, I walked into growth track, and I was just doing growth track like I normally do growth track. Our musicians are coming out. and I was doing growth track like I normally do, and, and I looked up, and there's, there's Anna in a Dream Team shirt. Smiling from ear to ear. Putting Subway sandwiches in front of people who were saying yes. You say, man, that doesn't seem like much. I don't say, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's the purpose God's designed. Making a difference in the world. Just, just making a huge difference. Just finally doing something that makes a difference. And yesterday I heard, a, I heard a story of somebody from our, from our lead team. Uh, Leslie leads our, our growth track team. She does a fantastic job leading growth track and and she said yesterday at, 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 a, at a meeting we had she said I, I never forget that it was hard for me to invite people to church it was just hard for me for whatever reason it didn't really matter the reason it was just hard I just I never felt comfortable and she said the other day I was just I was in an environment where I, I could and I could tell that this person was sort of apprehensive about that apprehensive about you know should I or shouldn't I or is it the right you know I don't even know if, I, if I'm welcome at your church, and she said, for the first time in a very long time, like a very long time of serving God, I felt total comfort. Hang on, guys. I felt total comfort to invite somebody to church. Just make a difference. Just made a difference in somebody's life. Just made a huge difference in somebody's life. Listen, it's for you. I just want you to know, God's promises are for you. Some of you need to know God today. Some of you need to just say yes and and uh, man, you're, that's the dream that God, that's what I'm missing. 
Some of you need to say, man, I need to get in a connect group. That's the thing I'm missing. I'm missing that portion. I don't have that thing where I can take the mask off and I can say yes to Jesus. I can just, I can open up about what's going on. I, I've never, listen, I'm, I'm out of Egypt, but he, he never, I, I, there's still Egypt inside of me. I still feel like a slave inside of me. And then there's some of you who need to discover your purpose. You need to say, God, that's the thing. I'm, I've never been fully fulfilled serving God. Because I don't even know what I'm here for. And then that's, that's the dream this year. That's what I want you to do. And some of you need to get on the team. Some of you know. You know exactly what you're supposed to be doing in your life. Some of you know you're supposed to be in kids ministry. And teaching kids. And raising up world changers. Listen, we don't have a babysitting service. I tell our kids team all the time. That over there that happens. That's a leadership factory. We're, we're, we're raising world changers over there. Some of you are called to do that. Some of you need to decide today. I'm ready to make a difference with my life. I'm ready to do something that makes a difference. I just want you to know as you talk about dreams, that God's got plans for you. And this year, you're going to hear me preach about you knowing God and finding freedom and discovering your purpose so you can make a difference over and over and over and over. Because I think it's God's promise for you. I just think that journey is just what God has for everybody in the world. And when you finally get to that point where you're making a difference, guess what you're going to do? You're going to create more space for more people to know God. Find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Why don't you stand all over the house? And... Some of you in the room today, you say, man, I know what that feels like. and To, to just not know and not know if I know. Just feel lost, like really lost. Like really lost. Like I don't know what to do with my life. Everybody's eyes are closed and, and, and heads are bowed and... I just need some direction. I just, man, if this is what God wants for me, that's what I want. I have been searching for this. I've been just bumping into stuff trying to figure out what God wants for me. I don't want anybody to leave, nobody to move because we're going to pray here in just a moment. It's really, it's going to be special here in just a moment. Everybody's eyes are closed. If that's you, you say, man, I know what that feels like to feel lost. Just not have direct. Talk to somebody the other day who said, I literally just feel lost. In my mid-30s, I just don't know what to do with my life. I just lost. I, I just don't feel, I don't feel like I have any aim, any direction. What does God want from me? If that's you, if you're 50 or 65 or 25, Jesus, raise your hand and say, man, that's me. I know that feeling. Hands are up everywhere. Hands are up everywhere. I know that feeling. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see Thank you, ma'am. I see you. Guys, I see you. Put your hands down. Now, Jesus, I pray for every hand that was raised. Come on, I want you to start praying something like this inside of your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. God, I need that. I, I, I want that dream in my life. I want that thing that you've promised for generations over and over and over. You've promised this is what you would do. You promised you would bring me out. God, I need to be brought out. I, I need to know God. I, I know about God. I, I know about Christianity. I don't know God. I don't know Him and the power of His resurrection. I hear what He's talking about. I just don't know it. I want to know you. I, I want to follow you in baptism. I want that power He talked about with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to find freedom. There's some of you who say, man, I have dealt with pain so long. God, I just, I give you my pain. God, I'm going to get in a group of people that I can confess that to. And, and your word says, if I'll confess my faults one to another and I would pray for each other that there would be healing that happened there I pray that 2017 is the year where we get past our past we settle our yesterdays God I pray for people to discover their purpose I pray for people who've just wandered aimlessly around just what am I supposed to do where am I supposed to go am I supposed to come here I just pray there would be a light bulb just 
something clicks. The 2017 is that year. That things just start making sense. This is what I'm born to do. This is what God's designed me to do. This is the thing that I was, I was made for this. I was born for this. And I pray for people to just make a difference. Use the thing God give them. Use the thing that God's designed to them. Father, I pray that you'll just help us make a difference with that thing. Whatever that thing is, whatever that gift is, however you wired me to be, so many people would make a difference today. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.